Hoffman and Tyler McComas. Here's a 1-0 pitch from Straka. Popped up on the infield. Lions is under it. Makes the catch. The Sooners sweep Bedlam. And Oklahoma wraps up the 23 conference season unblemished, undefeated, and champions. We'll see you next week in Oklahoma City as the one seed. Victory! I just don't think that Oklahoma is going to be the team that hits 80 bajillion home runs. They may hit 50 bajillion, but I don't think they're going to be the big, bad Oklahoma Sooners that they've been. And they stay there. And they stay there. And they stay there. Oh, man, that was cold-blooded, wasn't it, over the weekend? Oh, man. Saturday do something to you because, uh, woo, buddy. Saturday's game is uh, one when that when we look back on this season. Well, I I say that. I mean, who knows what's to come for this team? But I would think that that's one of the first games that we're going to think about. That was pretty amazing. That was awesome. That was really really cool. Um, I I thought it was I thought it was like the the right tweet, but. Terribly cold-blooded at the same time, uh, whoever's running the OU softball account when they said uh, inevitable <laughs> after that game on Saturday night. Uh, it was true. It's what we all felt. We all knew it was going to happen. Um, but, man, that was wild. Never blinked, never flinched, down the entire game until the, uh, what, yeah. the top of the seventh, right? Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's there's a big difference especially when you get to the, the final inning and you haven't scored a run. Like, if you're down one nothing in that spot, you can manufacture a run. You can get a run mm-hmm. across to get it into the bottom of the seventh. But two runs is just kind of a different mentality. But once Jocelyn Erickson hit that leadoff double, I don't know if I was the only one, probably not. I'm going to guess that we all thought they're about to really threaten and probably do something special right here. And they did. They, didn't yeah. even, they, they ended up scoring, what, uh, four runs? Uh, four. Four runs in that in that top. They just needed three. Really, they just needed two. But, man, that was just uh, – it's what that program's about, man. I, I've i seen it once this year in the Texas game. That's nothing new. Mm-hmm. Seen it so much with that program, man. Just when you might have the thought that they're down and out, they come back and do something amazing. It's pretty special. And it's it's one of those things where, like, if you're, you're Oklahoma State – you're there. You got them on the ropes. You're going to get the win to close this inning out. And you can't do it. You you you, you take the loss, and then it's just you can't recover from that. You know, like mentally, uh, it's just hard to get back out there after having them on the ropes like that. And now you know you can't win the series, and it's just it's just brutal to try and get back from that and bounce back. So that was. That was impressive by Oklahoma to hang in there. Never, never really. I mean, there. I, I never got the feeling at all that they were down, that they were worried, that you know they were frustrated. Just kept doing their thing, and eventually, yeah. the cream rises to the top. Has there been another program like an athletic program, mainly in football and uh, in softball, I guess, but in those two sports that has just routinely crushed and ripped out the hearts 
of their opponent, quite like Oklahoma's done to Oklahoma State. Like not not just what you know happened Saturday, but OU's done some dramatic things against Oklahoma State last year. Yeah. Jocelyn Allo hit a big home run in that series a year ago. We know football, Blake Bell to Jalen Saunders, Mark Bradley, when he caught his own tip back in 2004. <laughs> Jermaine Gresham catching his own tip, basically, in 2008. Uh, the 2010 game, too. I, I mean, seriously, dude, in those two sports specifically, OU's done a number on Oklahoma State in late-game situations. Yeah. Well, that was still – I mean – I know Oklahoma State is, like, record-wise, they did not close out the season in the fashion that you would expect from a top-ten team. Would they? I, I mean, think they're probably, two, two of their last 12 now, I want to say. Which is crazy yeah. for how good they are. And it's really no indication of, of what I think they're going to be in the postseason. I think they're going to be pretty salty, but they better they better find something and get it turned around. That's a good team. I feel like that's they played team. okay this weekend too. Yeah, they I did. mean, Kenny Gajewski, I, I heard him after Saturday's game say that he thought his team played well. It was just, and he didn't say it this way. It was just, that's Oklahoma, man. That's just kind of mm-hmm. what they what they do in late game situations. Should I should I even bring up the win streak here, or um, is that a total jinx move? Well, you could bring it up. I think they've had a 40-game win streak in every season yeah. since 2019, so it's <laughs> four, not that big of a yeah, deal. Yeah, four seasons since COVID. Well, yeah. 47 is the record, uh, record by Arizona in uh, 1996 to 1997, which, by the way, I, I, I do have some uh, the largest win streaks in some major collegiate sports. Tell me which one's more impressive. The 47-game win streak by OU football, we know that one. Mm-hmm. The 47-game win streak by Arizona in the uh, late 90s in softball. Right. I looked this up. I think Florida Atlantic has the longest for college baseball, 34 games in 1999. Okay. And then in men's basketball, you have uh, 88 from UCLA, 71-74, Ooh. to 74, which was also ended by Notre Dame. Go figure there. 71 to 74. Yeah, they had an 88 game win streak. UCLA. Oh man. Pretty good. That's that's incredible. I'm going I'm still going to say 47 in football. Um I I I don't know. I guess it can happen in any sport, but I that's just that's incredible to go 47. Well, it's straight. more impressive now than it's ever been. You agree right, with that? Well, like it was, it was impressive at the time, but the way that the sport looks now, um, yeah, it's and with the playoff structure, moving to twelve, all that, no one's gonna ever get close to that. In my, I opinion. think the, I think the most impressive thing about the forty-seven game win streak is that somehow it only got you two national championships. I know, man. UCLA probably got about four in their their span. Yeah, of course. Yeah, now. In that intro you played, Plank at Plank Show said they're the one seed we'll see in Oklahoma City. Are they playing that at Hall of Fame? Or are yeah. they not are they not hosting it in the Big Twelve tournament? No, they've they played that in Oklahoma City. Oh uh, yeah. I, okay. Yeah, I, they they have a first round bye, so I think it's Friday they'll play the winner of Baylor and Iowa State, who will play on Thursday. 
that's dumb. I skipped the old Big 12 tournament, and I was going right right to uh, right to the postseason. Talk about looking ahead, man. Getting ahead of well, myself. You got a Bill Self mentality when it comes to the Big 12 tournament? Oh, uh, 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 we don't care about it. And, 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 and uh, no, I don't care about it. No, they'll be they'll, they'll be fine in that. That's and I hate that their one loss was to Baylor, and not that it. I don't care about Baylor, but it makes it look like it's a conference loss. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make it look as clean. Uh, it, it looks pretty clean. 18 and 0 in conference play. Which, by the way, uh, speak. I, I bring up the win streaks because of this. One, you are uh, almost to that 47 game win streak. Two, how cool would it be if you can uh, you can tell everyone that you have the longest win streak ever in college football history and college softball history? That that'd be a pretty nice flex, and and very fitting that OU would have the longest win streak in all of college softball history, seeing as they're the best program right now. That would be awesome. Here's what I say: we do. If they get it, no problem. That's what we claim. But if they don't. I say we claim it anyways because how many times do you think you're really going to get fact-checked on that? Um, well, with the text line, everything, literally. But yeah. whatever, we'll just roll with it. Well, the text line's in on it with us, though. I mean, they'll, they'll be part of it. <laughs> okay. I'm saying like we enjoy, like just Oklahoma fans. Football, you'll have the longest winning streak ever. Softball, whether it happens or not, uh, we'll, we'll claim that. And then I'm going to start now that from 2012 to 2016, Lon Kruger won 90 consecutive games with OU basketball, and they had the longest streak there. Woo, we all in okay. on that? Yeah. There was a yeah, lot of uh, proud that's guy, why was, proud that's, guy, 90 consecutive times. They, they that's won. what I was about to say. That's why he was so proud of them, because <laughs> that 90-game win streak, it just carried on forever. Didn't proud win any titles, eternity. but they won 90 consecutive games during the uh, first four years of the Lon Kruger era. Mm. Heard it here first. Well, that was um, that was cool. That was a lot of fun this weekend. There was some good stuff going on. Um, I'm, I'm I wonder what the ratings were for that on ESPN because it just there was some there's some good stuff all weekend on there. Uh, I saw some SEC softball action was on television caught a little bit of those games just you know had them on while i was messing around i heard the uh, ratings for the bedlam game on saturday spiked when i did a uh, lap around a local oklahoma city establishment when tra jennings hit a uh, two-run double that's just what i heard though yeah i don't can't confirm that so did either did either one of us win i think i won by taking tra jennings now it wasn't a home run (laughs) i don't know if did she hit a home run all weekend i'm 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 actually willing to give you the win on that one because she had maybe the biggest hit of the entire season up to this point, which it does uh, bring up an interesting question. Text line 405-651-3439. Which was the more impressive comeback this year? Was it what happened on Saturday in Bedlam, or was it the comeback against Texas on that Saturday game? Weren't they down 2-0 in that game as well? Before Jada Coleman hit the – it was the bottom of the seventh, obviously, because it was at home. Jada Coleman hits the two-run bomb to tie it. And then Kinsey Hansen ends up hitting the walk-off. Which which one was the more impressive out of the two? I kind of feel like it was Saturday against OSU, but that's that's just me. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. I, because uh, that I don't know. That seemed like a fairly um, 
How many Sooner fans were there at that? <sighs> I felt like about 20, 30% of the fans in Stillwater yeah. were OU fans. They showed out. Yeah, that's what I was I was wondering. I was just trying to think, like, what I, – that's, that's still a tough environment to go in and play. So, yeah, I – I would take that one Saturday night with uh, with T.R.A. Jennings, considering the moment, considering the uh, the arm she's up yeah. against, and and right the last series of the year to go undefeated uh, in Big Twelve play, it was yeah. it was it was a big moment for sure. Uh, we should have a K Ref party when they hit sixty nine straight wins. Ooh, yes, we should. What if that's like the magic number? That's exactly how many wins. Uh, like to run through regionals, Big 12 tournament. Well, then I think that Love's Field needs to get its name stripped off of the new stadium, and it should be renamed 69 Straight Wind Stadium. <laughs> what do you think about that? It's got a ring to it, huh? 69-1. Well, uh, I don't know. I you got to feel pretty good about where they're at. You know, I offensively, it's – it's not what it's been in years past. Not that it's bad. It's not bad at all. Clearly, it's it's excellent. Um, the pitching, man, that's just that's what they're going to ride through yep. through the postseason. Is um, they got three pitchers that are absolutely top notch. Yeah, and Kelly Maxwell's pretty good herself. We talked about that on Friday. Um, she's probably the best pitcher in the Big Twelve that doesn't wear an OU uniform, which means she's the fourth best pitcher in the Big 12, but uh, OU kind of rocked her this weekend. I think what she gave up the uh, gave up the lead in the top of the seventh on Saturday, right? They put her back in. Yep. It didn't work out well for Kenny G. No. Nope, but pretty good, man. That was a, that was a really good series. Really, no, really no, it was, it was, it was highly entertaining for sure. It was a really good series. Uh, text line is pointing out some other uh, devastating defeats that OU has handed Oklahoma State. Derek Strait knocking the pass mm. down in the end zone. More heartbreak for the Pokes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, they've handed us a couple, though. Uh, there's know. no doubt. They've handed us a couple. But, yeah. Well, congrats to the girls. Uh, Big 12 tourney is. So, what, they're going to play the winner of uh, Baylor or Iowa State. Yep, and then uh, we'll get to see OSU or that uh, dork Mike White most likely in the uh, championship game. Yeah. Which, another opportunity to pack 9,000 in and uh, tell Mike White how big of a moron he is. I will be rooting for uh, Texas over Oklahoma <laughs> State just for that reason alone. Yeah, well, good stuff. All right, let's hit a quick timeout, opening timeout. Hit us on the uh, Knippelmeyer text line, 651-3439. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino. Come and see us, uh, I-44 exit 107. We'll be back. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Spring is here at Markham's Nursery. Now's the time to plant your trees, shrubs, and flowers, and we've got a huge selection of them here at Markham's. We also have customized 100% organic soils to plant them in, scientifically formulated to grow crops organically. Seeds, pottery, fertilizers, yard ornaments, and more. It's all right here at Markham's Nursery. Gather up the family and come spend the day with us. We'll see you soon. It's the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Knipplemeyer, Chevrolet, text line. We'll get to that shortly. 405 651 3439. 
Any interest in being in San Antonio this year on December 30th? Can anyone interest you in that? Um, December 30th? Uh-huh. Uh, sure, yeah, why not? Okay, well, 24-7 Sports thinks that's exactly where you and the Oklahoma football team okay. are going to be this year in OU-Oregon matchup in the Alamo Bowl. You you taking Ooh. that taking that option, or are you, you playing out the season? Okay, so that would mean... The Peyton Bowen Bowl. Would would that have us... I know it depends, but most likely would that... Would we be in third position there, you think? or Well, just... Does someone have to make the well, playoff he, for he, us he, to go there? Well, here's here's how it normally works. If the team's in a playoff, like last year, for example, right? Well, mm-hmm. I guess last year might be a bad example. Um, how about 2018? OU wins the Big 12, goes to the playoff. Texas, despite four losses, still goes to the Sugar Bowl because that's the Big 12 New Year's Six Bowl tie. Right. Okay. So that means yes. I mean, by this, of, by this, because they do have a Big Twelve team in the playoff. It looks like it means uh, OU finishes third. Third, yeah. Um, no, I hope we're not in the Alamo Bowl. <laughs> what if it means it guarantees a second place finish? I'm still a no. No, I mean it's still a no, but it's better. I guess you never know how the season unfolds to where. Uh, you may end up there, but I, if we stay healthy and we don't have any like stuff that's a disaster that we have to overcome, then that is a like, that's that's not what we want. That's not what we want at all. So I say no. Right now, I reject the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm of the camp New Year Six or uh, bust this year. New Year's Six or bust for me. Yeah, it, it really it really should be New Year's Six or bust. So, we'll I, see if we get if there. If I'm now, OU, I'm not taking the Alamo Bowl. If I'm Oregon, I don't think I'm taking the Alamo Bowl either. I kind of think they're going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit more interested in how they arrive at Oregon as the Alamo out of the Pac-12. Because, of course, they probably have USC going to the playoff, right? They don't, actually. They have uh, in the... Sh- Sugar Bowl, Georgia and Michigan, one verse four, Georgia being the one, and then Ohio State is the two, and <laughs> Texas is the three seed making the playoff. Oh my God. Oh, jeez. And who's that two four seven? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. God. Okay. Just... Well, we know how we feel about it. All right. But can you at least Paint me a picture as to how that could unfold that way. And if you can't, that's fine. Um, Okay, here's the best. I don't know if I can, but here's the best that I can do. They lose to Alabama, but it's close once again, and they only lose by a touchdown, which is not a loss. It's basically a win in the eyes of the committee. Um, They beat Oklahoma again in a close game but they trip up somewhere else along the way in Big 12 play. They're a two-loss team, but since one of those losses was to Alabama, it is forgiven, it is really kind of celebrated, and they still make it in the playoff. That's that's the best I can do for you. Yeah. I – yeah. I mean, you, it's easy to say those things, right? Um, 
but I I don't know. There's just no way. There's just no way that Texas, from what I've seen of that program, I just they're just not a playoff team. I'm sorry. They're not, and they're not just just that. You know, it's it's deep. When I see stuff like that, it's deeper for me. When I really doubt Texas, man, you hear me say this all the time with like Iowa State a couple of years ago. All right, they had a good year last year, Teddy, but they kind of snuck up on people. They won the Fiesta Bowl. That's great, but now they're preseason top ten. Iowa State is not used to dealing with expectations. How are they going to deal with that? Well, I don't know if it was because of expectations, but they didn't have a great year. Baylor went through it last year. Ole Miss went through it a few years back. Like, If you're not used to dealing with expectations, then that's hard to do. I know Texas is a big-time program in the eyes of people nationally, but Texas hasn't had success in a long time. Why am I to believe that after just an eight-win year, they're going to deal with the expectations of winning the Big 12 and handling a college football playoff berth just fine. You know what I mean? Like, that's a big question mark to me. They weren't perfect last year. They were far from it. And now everyone's kind of patting them on the back, telling them how great they are. That's been the kryptonite for Texas football for like 80 years now. Yeah. Well, I just don't know how you – if, let's say – um what was LSU last year? Were they eight and five? No, they won the uh, West. They lost to Florida State. They lost to A and M, and they lost to Tennessee. So, I think they just lost three games. But did they? Well, anyways, I LSU. Four, if LSU was, Georgia lost, I guess. If LSU was eight and five last year, they have their quarterback back. They had a couple of big wins last year. Felt like maybe they were knocking on the door. Like, LSU's a team I could understand. Like LSU is extremely talented. Like it kind of fits how they operate, where they, you know, they're down for a little bit and then they ramp up and gear up and they have like a crazy championship type of run. Like, I could understand picking a a team like a LSU if they went eight and five. Um Clemson, like if Clemson would have gone eight and five last year, and you know they changed offensive coordinators, they've got Klubnik back, I, you know their defense, their offensive line is back, they're healthy, they've got some guys that that have been banged up, they're they're going to be like geared up at at full tilt, ready for this year. I I could understand that pick, but there's nothing with Texas. They've made what one New Year six in the last, like, 15 years, and that one was five years ago with a different quarterback and a different head coach. And when, and, a, and they were a four-loss team. Like, they, they yeah. don't make the Sugar Bowl if OU doesn't make the playoff. I mean, that's that's why they were there. Right. There's just nothing there. Right. They've got, they got Oklahoma playing Oregon in the Alamo Bowl. I would probably pick both Oklahoma and Oregon over Texas to make the playoff. Uh, yeah, I might as well. Uh, I probably would, too. It, I think Texas is benefiting from the same thing that LSU is right now, which is everyone is down on Alabama. I'm not down on Alabama. I don't think that you are either. But seeing as, ooh, Alabama took a quarterback this portal cycle, they must be in a world of hurt at QB. And and maybe they are. I, I think that they're going to be okay at the end of the day offensively. 
I think Texas is getting bumped up, and LSU are getting bumped up a lot this offseason because of the doubt on Bama. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't. I have. I think you are correct, but at the same time, I have no idea what in the hell people being down on Alabama has anything to do with Texas. <laughs> like other than they play in week two, but yeah, I, I know I Texas know. is not the replacement for Alabama. Like throw Florida State in there. Like Florida State was they were eight and five last year or something like that, right? They I lost pick, three. Lost three. I'd pick Florida State to make the playoff before I would pick Texas. It's that's just that's wild. But hey, you know, that's it's not out of the, the norm. I mean we see this routinely with with Texas, but I just I, I guess it's like most years. I just don't get it yeah. again. Yeah, same. Uh, Missouri and Oklahoma State in the Liberty Bowl. LSU and USC in the Cotton Bowl. So maybe USC has a 10-point lead with 38 seconds left, and they blow that lead kind of like they did last year. I don't know. But USC back to the Cotton Bowl. And text line's like, yeah, we're good on OU Oregon. Uh, we saw that two years ago. Literally the same matchup in the same building. We're, we're okay on that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you guys. Well, this Oregon team is – uh, going to be a much better Oregon team than what I, we faced. Uh, that, that might year. be my Pac-12 uh, pick this year. Yeah, but it's—I mean—it's a loaded—it's a loaded group, man. USC, Washington, Oregon, Utah, UCLA—it's going to be a tough conference out there. Yeah, I'm—I'm I'm here for it. I'm—I'm ready. I'm ready. I—I uh, I would take. I would take USC. How can you not take USC, which I know what our feeling is about USC around here, but USC has the best player in college football by a mile at their quarterback. So how can you – I would say that you could say everything else between Texas and and the University of Southern Cal is a wash, which – I don't know. Would you give an edge to to Texas on roster? Like maybe offensive line, but their quarterback is so good. I he Caleb Williams is going to make his offensive line better than what yeah. Quinn Ewers well, is going to make. I, I know his. that this isn't exactly how it works. Um, they were without Bijan Robinson that game, but you know. You like Washington. You probably wouldn't say Washington's better than Oregon or USC. Maybe some would, but I'm going to guess that you wouldn't. And Washington pretty much drugged Texas in that Alamo Bowl, from what I remember. Yeah. I mean, they definitely won the game. but Yeah, they won. It, it, the Quinn score Ewers was had not a chance. reflective. Quinn yeah. Ewers had a chance to really kind of silence the doubters going into the offseason, and he didn't, he didn't just light it up. And I thought that that would calm expectations down on him going the offseason. Nope, that was wrong. I'm seeing him mocked as a top 15 pick in next year's NFL draft. It's amazing. But, hey, that, that, that's not the uh, only wild take on Texas that I'm going to share with you from uh, someone else nationally throughout the okay. show today. Guy on the text line says that puts OU third with three or four losses, so absolutely not acceptable. Alamo Bowl versus Oregon. Uh, 405, if OU makes the Big 12 championship game in Arlington, it means we put it together mentally and we'll see either Texas or Kansas State. I like our odds against both teams. Eleven and one by stock now. Yeah. 
I have not. I'm pulling up Kansas State's schedule because um, Southeast Missouri State, Troy, at Missouri uh, is their non-con. Then they host the University of Central Florida at Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. Probably good that they're facing both of those teams early on the road because they're going to have a veteran football team as opposed to those two squads are going to be trying to get some guys back in spots after vacating massive numbers. Um, then they have TCU at home, Houston at home. They're at Texas, Baylor at Kansas. Uh, I, they've got a manageable schedule. I, like I would take, to me, Kansas State is a better football team program than Texas right now. I'll have to see. I'll have to see it differently to believe it. Now, can Texas on a given day beat Kansas State? Sure. Well, they did last year in Manhattan. So yeah. Yeah, but like, program-wise, and what I expect, I I expect if Will Howard plays the way he did the back half of the season, they'll be better at quarterback than Texas will. I uh, I read OU's conference schedule in terms of uh, over unders today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here it is. At four and a half, home against five and a half, neutral site nine and a half, home against six and a half, at six and a half, at six and a half, home against four and a half, at six, home against seven and a half. So TCU at seven and a half is the highest win total they face? Second highest behind Texas at nine and a half, yeah. Oh, yeah Only yeah. one team with an over-under of uh, eight wins or more. Yeah, well, we know Texas's win-loss total is – They've covered nine and a half one time in the last twelve years. So yeah, yeah, seriously, yeah. Or it's more than twelve years. Well, back to two thousand two thousand ten is when they were five and seven. That's when the decade yeah. of suck started. Yeah, so it's thirteen years. Yeah, thirteen years. I don't think this is the year. Now uh, I do, do expect. I. Hey, Quinn Ewers is going to be better than he was a year ago. I'll give him that. Better but, be. Whew. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on. Keep hitting the Knippel Meyer text line, 651-3439. We'll be back. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering. In the company that offers personal and business coverage. Right Way Insurance, 405-607-6014. Or request a free online quote at rightwayinsurance.com. That's Right Way Insurance at 405-607-6014. It's the rush on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Knipple Meyer, Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Uh, let's get to several here. This one from the 405. Guys, I'm going to be honest. It's not that hard to win 10 games with this schedule and OU's roster this season. If they don't win 10 games, I'll be shaking. And if they don't win 11 games, I'll be disappointed. I know that's a lot, but it's just the truth. We're better than every single team in our conference and even penciling in one or two losses with this schedule is sad to me. And it says, read last, uh, read last text with a very calm and patronizing voice. <laughs> I just saw that now. I probably didn't do that, but I, I agree with the overall point. That makes Did he better. say that he will be literally shaking if uh-huh. uh, we don't win 10 games? Yep, in 11. Love uh, it. Uh, 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 disappointed with 11. 
they don't win yeah. 11, they'll be dis- he'll be disappointed. Well, here's the thing. I I have um, I believe the I believe the future is bright uh, looking forward. I I think we've got a long ways to go before we kick the season off in September. But if a couple of things go our way, if we stay healthy in some key positions, if if we get some younger guys to to grow up a little bit and mature, we have a couple of guys have good off seasons, good summers, and you know put some good quality weight on. I I it, I think that we could be a, a pretty salty football team. Now, all right. A lot of times you're not going to have all those things break your way, you know? So while I'm optimistic and I think the future looks bright, I think this season looks like it, uh, it could go really well, I'm also I'm holding back a little bit. After I, um, I let myself get you a went, little overexcited. We went full send last year. We can say yeah. it. We went full send. I'm uh, dipping the toe in the water. But, you know, like I said, it, it doesn't take a whole lot to go our way to feel really, really good about what could go down this year. Uh, we don't talk a whole lot of NBA, but this text says, wow, Austin Reeves really uh, about to make between 60 and and $100 million over four to five years? Who saw this coming? I did. Well, oh, good for him. Yeah, he's going to get paid. But and this is not any slam at Austin Reeves at all. I. NBA salaries have far outpaced the level of player that is oh, for sure. getting the money. For sure. I mean, all you got to do is go back and remember Andre Robertson at the Thunder. I think he got like he get like fourteen million a year and signed the contract. And I don't know that the guy ever played another game. You've uh, you've heard what Austin Reeves' nickname is out there, right? No. I guess they call him Hillbilly Kobe. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I have heard that. That's funny. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, okay, Santa John says, I'm concerned JG should consider switching to defensive back. His hand-eye coordination is highly suspect, or he needs new glasses or contacts. Okay. Who's that? JG. Jaden Gibson? Yeah, that must be Jaden Gibson. You want well, him to switch to defensive back? I don't know about that. He may switch to basketball, uh, but I doubt we'll have a six-six defensive back out there. Which, hey, maybe we could try that out. I think he's going to be okay. Still a young kid. Um, you know, he, he's he's just now within the last week or so, or I guess maybe not even yet. Have they taken finals yet? I think this is finals week, right? It's Maybe. finals week. The kid is just now getting out of his freshman year of college. So I get it. I understand. It can be frustrating, but let's give the kid a little bit of time to develop, to mature, to to settle in. I, I know we all want him to, to go out there and totally change the game and be our our go-to wide receiver that can go over the top and we just haven't had a guy like that, maybe ever, um, at wide receiver that has that type of body type, and it feels like everyone else in 
college football, or at least in our conference, uh, has had that pretty routinely. So um, let's just give it a little bit of time. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be okay. From the 405, after last year where we didn't catch any breaks, I think we are due. Yeah, let's hope. Um, and, and I guess bad teams don't catch a lot of breaks. That's probably normally how that works out. Yeah. Did they catch? Like, do, do you remember any breaks that happened for OU last year? Because I can remember several in the past 20 years. I mean, good teams catch them, I guess. But I don't remember a whole lot of breaks other than uh, Mike Gundy punting on fourth and short from around midfield <laughs> um i don't remember any but i know they were there you don't remember the ones that you catch as as easily as the ones that you don't get right that the other team gets that your opponent gets um i'll give you one after gabriel got hurt on like the next series tcu threw a deep ball and one of our players just went over there and totally annihilated the wide receiver. <laughs> Probably should have been a target. Definitely should have uh, been a pass nice. interference, and they didn't even throw a flag. Jalen Daniels getting hurt before the uh, Kansas game. That was a break. Yeah. Okay, there you go. See? So that's three that we've come up with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if what the quota is, but I hope it's not like 10. I don't know if we can get there. Uh, 405 again. I mean, we can all agree how horrible that schedule is after reading the win-loss predictions. Ha, 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 ha. I think it's actually comical how bad these teams are that we're playing. They look bad right now. I mean, things can obviously change, but, yeah, as you look at it right now, it's – I don't think it's a crazy take to say that, oh, you might have the easiest schedule in all of Power 5 this year. Yeah. It would definitely be in consideration. Yeah, I, I think we – I don't know. I don't I don't really other than it's just incredibly easy. I don't know if there's much else to say about it. Um this is the one thing though. Because inevitably here's what's going to happen. There's going to be someone on this schedule and I don't know who it is. Maybe it's Iowa State, maybe it's Central Florida, I, maybe it's TCU again, but someone on here is going to be way better than what we expect right now. I just don't know who it is, but that happens inevitably every year in the Big 12. It's someone new, yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna play one of those teams, and I could just hear everyone. Oh, you thought everyone on our schedule was gonna suck? Well, that's what it looks like right now. And I'm not necessarily saying they're all going to suck. I'm just saying that a program of the stature of Oklahoma and a schedule like this, you should be licking your chops. Yeah. Well, what Teddy is saying is, yes, some team will overperform this year. It'll be West Virginia. They'll win six games instead of the four and a half they're predicted for this year or their over-unders half. Yeah. It'll be West Virginia. Yeah. That would be uh, – need to go ahead and win that game. Uh, would be tough to not have scoreboard over a program like West Virginia. Yeah. I don't, I'm, there's some teams I'm curious on. Oklahoma State was a 7-6 and six football team last year. Um, lost a ton of players. Everyone knows. Portal, graduation, whatever. Um, I, I, it's hard to know what to make of them. And I know everyone – is going to sell, sell, sell on Oklahoma State. 
And I can't say that that's wrong. I'm just, I'm not so sure. UCF's the one I'm interested in. Yeah. I, I, different league, I know. Lost to Duke in the bowl game last year, but they got an athletic quarterback. We know what that's looked like in the past, right? And they won nine games last year, so. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to say. They're, they're going to have I, an offense with Gus Malzahn that's at least pretty good. Yeah. I, tech is kind of hard to figure what they're going to be. You know, they've got some momentum, some some excitement in the program, but, you know, they lost a bunch of guys that played a ton of football for them over the last, you know, three, four years. So, I don't know. We'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number one next here from Newcastle. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Hey Sooners, I'm OU alum James Spann, founder of Boyd Street Ventures. We're a Norman... Cavens Group, bringing you this hour of The Rush, CavensGroup.com. They do it all, mold testing, mold removal, emergency water extraction, emergency sewage cleanup, tornado response, literally everything. Cavens Group can do it. Go check them out, CavensGroup.com, especially if you have an emergency repair They are on the call 24-7. Few texts before we uh, move on to a Big 12 coach getting an extension. Santa John says, our schedule is both a blessing and a curse. Blessing? We should win them all. Curse or strength of schedule will hurt us. Um, I don't know. 12-1, and you should be okay. Should be. I don't know. Here's the thing. I, if... I guess I'll have to see how it unfolds, but I, it, I just I just don't see us as a playoff team right now. Now that doesn't mean that I don't think we could go twelve and one or eleven and one or whatever. I do, but I, I think we can. But I just I don't see us as a a team that can seriously contend for a title today. That could change. I, that could definitely change. Like, I could change my opinion. We definitely and, didn't I, think that going into 2015 and it happened. I mean, they didn't right. have a guy like Baker Mayfield, which helped, but sure. Well, I, and, you know, I think Dylan Gabriel, if some things line out, I think, think he could have uh, a much better year than he had last year. But, I mean, he's not going to be Baker Mayfield. But I do think that there's a chance if we stay healthy and – some guys improve and a couple things fall our way we could have an excellent offensive line and i think that if some guys come together on the defense i think our our front seven could end up looking pretty daggum salty and you know that we really like the uh the back end so yeah i mean but but that's the one that's the one place that we're going to be lagging pretty far behind is the line of scrimmage now offensively we got a chance to get there Defensively, we've got a long way to go, but we have some guys. Now, we're not going to be deep, but we have a, a starting rotation that could be pretty good. Chris Kleiman looks like he's about to get an extension at Kansas State, 44 mil over the next eight years. I don't normally love an eight- to ten-year extension. Uh, Mike Norvell just got a big-time deal at Florida State this offseason. I'm like, eh, he needs to prove it a little bit more. I like this deal for Kansas State, though. Um, that's not a ridiculous – like, it's not 10 mil a year or anything. Five and a half. You lock him up long term, I think that's a really good deal for Kansas State. Five and a half a year, 
It's got to be the most they've ever paid a football coach <laughs> by, there. By, by $5 million? By $5 million. Um, I think they just gave Snyder a parking spot, and uh, he was happy with that. And some he what, a, Taco Bell. He got a statue before he got a parking spot there. I think that's, that's right. right. All right, quick timeout. Hour number two of The Rush coming up next here from Newcastle. Stay with us.